Hello and welcome to Audio Mission from Church Mission Society. I'm Trevor Smith. Effective mission can look very different from place to place, and at Church Mission Society we are very committed to taking different cultures and contexts seriously. But training and study naturally form part of our mission commitment all around the world and provide an ideal situation for mutual learning, as we'll hear from Badina Vandentor and Lekakeka later on. We'll also meet someone who's working in India to facilitate theological training for all sorts of people who would not otherwise have access to it, and hear about the transforming effect it has. But first, we turn to the Middle East and to our mission partners Nabil and Sarah Shahodi, who are the coordinators for Alpha in the Levant region, from Syria around the east coast of the Mediterranean. They run Alpha and marriage courses and train others to run them. And it's amazing to hear, as they explain to Jonathan Self and Alan Moxham, about the relationships created between churches and healed between individuals as these courses take place. Our motto in Alpha is, what unites us is infinitely greater than what divides us in terms of the worldwide church and that's something that everybody resonates with everybody wants church unity but nobody sees it at work so well except I think in the Alpha context because Alpha is running in every church denomination in 160 countries and in 120 languages now we don't have denominations working together yet as we'd like to see happening, as we see happening in the, in the UK and in other places, because it's still early days. We, we, there has to be enough of that DNA of what unites us is greater than what divides us at work in each church before we can bring them together to work together as the national church saying, everybody invited to dinner. But there is an exception to this, two exceptions. One is prisons, where you get whoever is the inmates are, and that includes Muslims. And you get this wonderful mix. So that's one exception. And the other is um, refugee camps. So we've run um, marriage courses with, with an organization that feeds and houses the refugees. We had Iraqi Christian, Sunni, and, and Shiite Muslims, and Pentecostal, all in the same tiny little room, doing marriage course together. And I think what, what I love about it, and um in a, in a refugee context is a the ethos of any alpha course is to totally honor and serve and value yes. the guests mm. so we go to you know one of the main things we do as architects ourselves is that we help the the church and organization to set up the the, the space in a nice way we the get the lighting the right lighting. the table decoration the candles the flowers so people come to what's meant to be an ngo's event and it's, it's a party. They love the welcome, they love the... And one of them said, look, the smiles on your faces were enough, enough yeah. for us to know how, you know how welcome we were. But in terms of content, I think it's the most revolutionary course it's because it's about a husband and wife sitting and talking together. The course, uh, there's the meal, but then there's two hours. And out of these two hours, there's one hour of input and one hour of discussion between the husband and wife, but done and in, of in course interspersed, so a bit solid. of teaching a bit, and yeah, yeah. exercise, a bit of teaching exercise. So they sit and talk together for an hour through this exercise, through this session. One wife, after the second session, which was about communication, I saw her on the third session, she said, it has changed our marriage. He comes home and he wants to talk to me. And, for, and that, I mean, she, she was saying it as if it was, wow, I've never had this before. The whole idea of honoring and valuing the spouse, as a, especially the wife, 
is is a bit of a cultural uh, revolution too because you know women are not as valued. Can I ask about prison work? Because this is really interesting. This is yes. new to me. Again, it is another context where it's so beautiful to see the alpha hospitality, you know, at work, uh, and you know, because we see that as kind of the incarnational missiology of alpha to to treat everybody as an honored guest, to see the image of God in every person, to and we call them guests. Mm-hmm. And because it's in prison, and it's it, you get the mix of. Uh, all the denominations of Lebanon. You get uh, we in in the, the largest prison we did it in in Beirut. We had I'd say between thirty to forty percent Muslims, and the rest are Christians from different denominations. And this is happening in the chapel of the prison. So it is a course run clearly by the Christian. chaplaincy, and it's clearly Christian. Mm-hmm. But they've built enough good relationships with the with the inmates that they actually come to things, especially when there's food, which helps. And that's One, why we work with organizations, because they've built the relationships with the people. We can't be everywhere. We're training trainers, in a sense, mm-hmm. but we're also passing on this whole ethos. And one guy of, at the of, end of the, the course said, and he's a, a Muslim guy in, in, his prison. in his 60s in prison, he said, I'm glad I'm in prison because now I've met my Lord Jesus Christ. And when I go out, I'd love to tell my family. Another guy said, when he heard all, I did the talk about why did Jesus die, and they kind of understood this whole, this is about justice and mercy meeting on the cross, because that's the biggest dilemma. If God is just, then we're all gone. We're all, you know, we're all dead. (laughs) But if he's merciful, then you forgive us. And one guy just stood up and said, you must say this all over Lebanon. You can't just say it here. Who said that? A Muslim? A Muslim guy said, now I understand the cross. You must be teaching this all over. You should teach this. Where we are now, I mean, I think for a lot of us, where the world is changing at an incredible rate, but what will be your vision for for the work you're doing, both, you know, what we've talked about today, but maybe other things you want to sort of bring on. I'm glad you mentioned that because that's something also that our friend from uh, Aleppo said. He said very clearly, the West has a golden opportunity now with all this wave of refugees. The West needs to receive them with hospitality and with grace and integrate them through that. Because very soon down the line, they will be formed into their own little groups and inward looking. So the the opportunity now is to to say, Lord, this is the kind of reformation we need in the church, the revitalization of the church into centers of hospitality, centers of gracious hospitality, whether in the East or in the West, where people come and experience the unconditional love of God, then they hear about it through the gospel message. And uh, surrounded by a community of love, open their hearts to the Spirit to receive the Lord of love. Please pray about what you've heard and ask God whether he's asking you to get involved in this movement of hospitality that Nabil described. Now, theological training doesn't always sound like an exciting topic, but in small groups across India, thanks to the training that our partners help to organise, people are discovering what it means to be lifted up and given new confidence and the ability to live differently as disciples of Jesus. Jeremy Woodham met one of our partners involved in this work and heard about the difference it makes to the individuals involved. Well, the students are all people who, who have busy lives and are studying in their spare time. So they're sort of fitting around work commitments, family commitments, all the normal part of life and studying. 
and they're supposed to do lots of homework and some of them do lots of homework and some of them do a little homework but it, it all works out somehow but yes the main thing is that you have to get together every week in a group discuss what you've been learning and what difference it makes but um, so we get together once a week and study one topic for 10 weeks then they have to sit an exam which gives them that sense that they really have learned something because sometimes the discussions are open-ended but by the time you get to an exam you have to write down some stuff where you've actually learned something and um, the ones that are doing uh, master's courses actually write assignments as well which are usually asking them to not just show what they've understood but show how it applies Um, so reading those is great fun because it's actually uh, where the rubber hits the road. It's what difference is this really making in your family, in your community. Although I'm saying I'm enthusiastic, some of the situations are actually quite difficult ones. So um, you know, there's someone whose sister is in a marriage where she's hardly allowed out of the house. And for a time, she wasn't even allowed any money by her husband. So he's trying to work out how he can be involved in helping to discuss within family that sort of a situation. You know, Is there some biblical perspective that would help on this? Because uh, this is Christian community. Um, so that they do have respect for Bible, however enthusiastic they are. So these kinds of difficult situations make a huge difference to the people involved. But knowing how to discuss in a helpful, constructive way, but in the light of what we've learned from the Bible, difficult situations like this, is the skill that my students are picking up. And it's quite impressive, actually, they managed to have that conversation without it becoming a big argument. Uh, was it a particular, were you discussing a particular topic when that came out? What module were you on? <laughs> what <laughs> well, theme were you discussing? I think the course we were doing at the time was Jesus the Liberator. And there's a whole module on that, which is a tricky course because it picks up sort of stuff from Old Testament and the whole of the New Testament um, on the general theme of what does it mean to bring freedom to people? Um, and freedom can be social political religious freedom to participate freely in society as someone who who actually counts uh, is part of what comes up in the course so that the course touches on a whole load of social issues which are uh, in danger of being slightly revolutionary in in the indian context because the old testament model that we studied first in the course is basically that is israelites shouldn't end up being divided into rich and poor but a whole load of the Old Testament law is there to try and protect families from getting into poverty or slavery uh, and to try and restore their opportunities by, by having jubilees and things that would give them opportunity to, um, even, even if things had been going wrong, to have a time when that gets get just sort of stopped and reset. So then you start to see that, you know, the, the ideal may not have really happened in the Old Testament. How do you handle the fact that the world is actually a mess and it's not like that? And you see Jesus sort of getting into difficult situations rather than avoiding them, confronting the difficult situations, even if it's not politically expedient, doesn't make him popular. Uh, these are quite tricky issues because in India it's quite dangerous to put your head above the parapet and speak out against corruption. I wonder if there's somebody else you can tell me about um, who you've seen kind of grow and develop through this. You know, is there somebody you, you really feel like Oh my goodness! I've, yeah, I've seen that person just come alive through the through the course. I guess yes. I mean, there's there's one chap who's actually, I guess, into his thirties, well into his thirties, which is quite late to be changing career. But he had been doing factory work at a fairly responsible level. I mean, it was a little bit of management, not only manual, and he started doing his Bible studies, which meant that he had to use English. 
uh, the level he was learning. I mean, you can do the basic uh, courses in, in mother tongue, but um, he he wanted to learn English and wasn't very confident in English. So he's now telling me that he was really doing those studies that helped him with his English, helped him with his confidence in his sense that he can actually be someone who contributes, has responsibilities, has a calling even. And so he's halfway through his course changed jobs he's now an English teacher for his paid work and he's also become an associate pastor in his church which is a level of responsibility that he would never have had before I mean partly because language skills are necessary in that role and he needed multiple languages and partly also because studying the Bible has just helped him to develop as, as someone who can know how best to respond to difficult situations. So his, his senior pastor accepts him on the team because he's someone who he can trust to know how best to handle situations. He doesn't have to come back and ask all the time. Um, so he's developed in his language skills, he's developed in his work life, he's developed in his church life, and um, he's just getting to the stage where he's about to have to do a research project to finish off his master's level degree and he's really looking forward to that he's, he's beginning to discuss ideas for that so I can see that there's that there's still that passion to keep developing and, and carrying on understanding things better so that he can be better involved in all these activities so yeah it's been exciting to see how much he's developed over I mean I guess he must have been studying for six or seven years to, to actually get to the stage where he's, he's worked his way through to nearly finishing that degree because it's all part-time. So it's not a rapid and sudden change, but it's a big change over those years. Join us in giving thanks for the change taking place in those individuals' lives that also has such a positive effect on those around them. Someone who currently spends much of her life both studying and enabling others through mission training is mission partner Badina Vandentoren Lukakika. She's currently doing a PhD on a mission community and also assists with Asia CMS's Asia Gateway mission training and has a long-standing relationship with a theological school in the Central African Republic. On top of all that, she and her husband Benno are part of a grassroots missional community in her hometown in the Netherlands, as she told Naomi Steinberg on a visit to the CMS office. Well, we live in Groningen, which is really in the northeast of the Netherlands. It's a, it's a university city, so it's, it's actually a very young city with many, many students. And um, since the Middle Ages, a really prosperous city. So a lot of commerce going on and, and quite a central city. But at the same time, there at the moment, there is quite an area in that city that is... Um, marginalized. The infrastructure is less, the, the people who live there often have a, a background of poverty, of, of unemployment, uh, relational issues, and so there's crime, there's alcohol, drugs, abuse. It is really a, a, a community that, that's, that experiences itself as, as on the edges. One church, the main church in the Netherlands, the Protestant church in the Netherlands, has been, has had outreach in that area already for more than 20 years, I think. So four or five years ago, they, they really felt actually that it was time to, to build more intentional community rather than come in and do good to really build intentional community. And they just uh, started Sunday, what we call Sunday lunches and celebrations. 
where on a Sunday afternoon we, we'd, people would come together for lunch, talk together, share together and then also 15 minutes of celebration just thinking through a little bit of, of, of the God's Word, uh, uh, bringing a situation in and, and reflecting on it, uh, sometimes play a game uh, with, you know, related to a Bible story or often it's Bible stories actually. We work a lot with stories because stories connect to people's lives and um, that's what they had started doing and then we arrived in the Netherlands in 2014 and, and they asked us to join. And since then it's gone from once a month to every other week and now since January we're meeting every week because people just want to see each other every week. They're, you know, There's so much of a community growing where people get to know each other, look out for each other, start doing things in the week, through the week together, you know, having a walk together or cooking a meal together or, you know, really sort of just normal social community things starting to happen. And um, yeah, we're we just part of that and officially part of the leading team, but um, basically just members of a wonderful community in a broken society. And what are the things that you feel like you take away from mm. your when you go to Africa and Asia and you're involved in mission education? I think what I learn in, in entering in all these different situations, interacting with people and, and reflecting on their mission in their context and reflecting on how Christ enters into their context you know I mean being able to reflect on that it, it just makes my understanding of God much, big, much bigger I think one of the most moving things I learned was in, in Kuala Lumpur during a training for mission leaders where we were discussing the difference of, of seeing the work of Jesus through the picture of guilt and paying a debt, which is a very Western approach to the cross, right? When we talk about a cross, we, pay about, we talk about a debt that's being paid and, and all those sort of terms, you, often judicial terms, you know. And on the other hand, seeing the work of Jesus as lifting our shame, which is a very much an Asian and a more communal society approach to the work of Jesus and together we came to the point where we realized that in a culture where shame is more important than guilt, where shame is more breaking your life than, than guilt because of the community, where shame takes you out of the community, where shame isolates you, where shame makes you a lonely person it is in that society where Jesus took on himself the ultimate shame of, of dying on a cross. So you can have done the most awful thing. And so you can place yourself, you know, in Japan, what do people do when they realize they've done something really wrong? They kill themselves, which is the ultimate isolation, right? You, you, you take yourself away completely because you can't face the other anymore because of the shame. In that situation, Jesus was actually already there because he took the ultimate shame. So there is no place in this world or anywhere else where you will be alone. Now, it had never 
such, you know, when you read Psalm 139, where can I go and flee from you? There's no place where you can flee. Jesus is always there. It had never had that depth for me, ever, than listening to these people and realising this is so profound. It's great to hear of the way the kind of cross-cultural interaction we are so passionate about at Church Mission Society really does help Christians gain a much wider understanding of God. It's clearly a precious treasure for Bedina, so we close this edition of Audio Mission with a prayer exercise from Ian Adams, Church Mission Society's Mission Spirituality Advisor, praying with the parable of the treasure in a field. In this prayer exercise, we pray with the parable of the treasure in the field from Matthew chapter 13. The kingdom of heaven, said Jesus, is like treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid. Then, in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. As you reflect on this parable today, if you're able to do so, Take a walk in a garden, park or field. Let your attention be drawn to a particular sight, sound or aroma, perhaps a plant, a tree or a bird. And if you can, move gently towards it, even reach out to touch it. Imagine what has caught your attention to symbolise the treasure that God is calling you towards at this time in your life. Reflect on why this might be treasure for you and what it might demand from you. Here's a prayer you can use to accompany this exercise. Jesus, treasure of the world, help me to discern the treasure that you are calling me towards. Help me to give everything for it and help me to share it. Ian Adams bringing this month's audio mission to a close. Thank you for listening and join us next time for more voices from God's global mission.